from the Summer Skate Studios behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey West Live for October 25th, 2022. Tonight's scheduled guest, DU Athletic Director Josh Burlow. Behind the Mask College Hockey West Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota. College graduate, member of the military, then you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at petersontoyota.com. Top Golf. Let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. AT&T Wireless, unlimited high-speed 5G data at no extra cost. Liberty University, play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. M-Drive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer Skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. And by Drury and Suites, travel happy again. Book your next day at druryhotels.com or at 1-800-DRURY-IN. College Hockey West Live from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, well, welcome in, hockey fans. Indeed, it is Tuesday night, which means it's time for College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy with you tonight, still in Tempe, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York. Paul, um, man, I have just been doing nothing but kissing up to you today all day. Robert. Yeah, Masters okay. Tony, um, I, yeah, that's all I do. I just, you know, I bring out the long yeah. stuff. <laughs> I, I just bring it all out. How are you? Right. Uh, I'm good. I'm just surprised you even want me on this show, considering it's just going to be 60 minutes of Bulldogs. So, I mean, I can. <laughs> I, I, no, no, I no, can... no, no. Bulldogs and Pioneers. Let's get it right now. I sent you a picture. I'm geared up. I'm ready. Well, you always wear the pom-poms. Doesn't matter. I mean, um, <laughs> yesterday I got the CC picture. Um, <laughs> today's the, the, the DU picture. Or is that <laughs> University of Denver? Or Denver University or DU no. or U of D? Or, well, because University apparently, apparently, because I said DU, which University is proper. Do they not go by DU? They do. Okay. But it's I, University I, of Denver. I am aware of that. They sent me <laughs> lots of mail when I was graduating from high school. <laughs> they wanted you? <laughs> uh, they clearly had the wrong information, but yeah, they, they kind of did. Um, okay. okay. Most of the mail I got was from... Uh, that upstate New York school. Um, uh, the uh, I got a lot of mail from Temple. University of Hartford. Wow. In, in Denver. And you selected? I didn't select. It kind of selected me. 
Oh, okay. Arizona State University. Yes. Okay. Well, and... that that's a great lead-in because uh, tonight we're bringing on the Vice Chancellor of Athletics for the University of Denver, Josh right. Berlow. Uh, he'll be joining us here in about, oh, 10 minutes or so. Uh, before right. that, though, Paul, it's Tuesday, which means, you know, it's media day. And normally I'm in Denver or Colorado Springs or somewhere. But again, this week, still here in Tempe, Arizona. So guess what? I had a chance to go out and watch practice, nice. uh, visit with Coach Powers, visit with nice. uh, um, uh, Robert Mastro Simone. Yes. Uh, and, by the way, uh, let's, and let's, King. I want to clarify this for people that may have seen the clip or will see the clip. <laughs> One. Uh, Long Island, as when I was growing up, had ice rinks. Not as many as they have now, but they had them. Okay. Those of us okay. peasants who grew up in Queens, we had concrete, so we played roller hockey. And we didn't have fancy equipment. I had Christian sticks. That's pretty fancy. Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, I'll bring it up to but, Eddie this weekend. But my shin guards were not wrapped with newspaper oh. my shin guards were towels wrapped with electrical tape i thought i i got the towels part wrong i thought you used old newspapers and rolled well, them we up probably stu- I, we heads, but... probably stuffed them under the towels but okay well I, shin I, guards I were expensive to... and we had key skates i also had to ask them you know really is is there a big difference between east islip and islip and oh, uh, if you ask the people that live, pretty much the food yeah, is there better is. Than and the, the hockey players are better if I don't tell Chris Grando. Well, listen, <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is that, you know, they'll, they'll, you know, if you ask the people that live there, they'll tell you. <laughs> I bet they will. <laughs> yeah. There's a difference between Phoenix and Tempe, by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm aware. Uh, I, I was okay. there for a while. So, anyway. Had a chance to watch practice today. Watched intently for a number of reasons. I wanted to see what things were like because the guys had uh, yesterday off. So um, not going to lie to you, Paul. The first thing they looked at was the new center ice logo that I think shocked a few of the players or maybe not shocked, but I don't know, surprised them. It wasn't just their pitchfork anymore. There's a pitchfork and a Kachina Coyote. At really? center no, so, nobody cares about the, the other thing. Nobody so they basically they basically took a look at that and uh, got ready to go. Um, Coach Powers, I was wondering how this Tuesday would play out because this is a different week. It's only one it game. You got to right. empty the tank. When the game is over on Saturday, there's a bye week, so you won't be back on the ice till the following uh, weekend against uh, Alaska Anchorage. Right. So, so there was a lot of different things to look at. I wanted to see what the intensity was like. I wanted to see what they were working on. Um, clearly, as you, if you saw my one of my latest tweets, uh, they were working on face-offs. Uh, that's another thing that was enough. extremely important. Um, they were working on flow. Uh, they were working on power play. They were working on uh, tip drills again, getting in front of the net. Uh, and they were doing the Paul Hornstein drill, which uh, basically is crash the net. They did a lot of that. That's how you win hockey games. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> That's how you win them. The, the, uh, the basics of the game never change. They just don't. So, and the one thing I asked Charlie Shane, I, I thought was kind of cool, is I said, you know, you grew up in Minnesota. 
I said, you were probably dreaming about wearing maroon and gold one day. Did you ever think it was going to be maroon and gold at Arizona State? I did actually he, like that question, by the way. Yeah, yeah. he honestly looked at me and said, you know, uh, yeah, I did dream about the maroon and gold, and I'm glad I selected Arizona State, and it's been everything uh, that I could have asked for. Robert uh, Mastro Simone told me the same thing, that uh, he told me this was his best year uh, in college hockey so far. It hasn't even gotten underway, really. Um, he loves it here. He's comfortable. Uh, it's starting to show in the way he plays. Um you know, it's, there's a mix here, Paul. And, and I told you this the year that they went to the national tournament the very first time. I said, there's a mix here of these guys that, that seem to be gelling together now. Um, I wanted to ask Robert about uh, his connection with Josh Doan. And as you heard, he, he said Josh was just a little guy that came to, to look at Chicago as a possible destination to play USHL hockey. And uh, Robert said right off the get-go, he knew he was going to be good. So uh, he's now completed the growth spurt, and uh, he's looking forward to continuing to play with him. Well, that's good. I mean, I hope so. I mean, he's been snake bit. Who, Josh? No, uh, Master Simone. I mean, he said the amount of opportunities he's had compared to the amount of goals he scored, it's unbelievable. If you went back and looked at it, these first eight games. Oh yeah, yeah. If 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 you, he can't, I mean, just the amount of sh- chances he's had. Hopefully, he keeps getting them because eventually he'll score. And Paul, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now that he's on my watch list, my Wednesday watch. Oh, <laughs> stop it! <laughs> All right, Let, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Let's uh, hear from a few of our partners, and then I will hook us up with. Uh, Josh Burlow, and uh, you can you can uh, I'll talk just sit a back bit and... for a minute while uh, while we get ready to rock and roll this thing. So we'll be right back. All right, whatevs. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. top teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal on nchc.tv. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen face-off. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on nchc.tv. talent, development. NCAA Hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegers. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goalie. Score. Gail McCarr. Gail McCarr. He scores. Stars on campus. 
happens before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Boy, Inc.com and follow at College Hockey. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine then air dry overnight, and they're ready for the next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. Question, comment, let us hear from you on our text message line at 303-943-3772. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, it is Tuesday night. Time for College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Denver. Uh, Denver. How about Tempe, Arizona? How about that? And uh, my co-host is always Paul Hornstein on Long Island, New York. Paul, if you can give us uh, about one minute, I will connect us with the Vice Chancellor of Athletics at the University of Denver, Josh Burlow, and uh, we'll take it away. Well, I got to get this minute in because... Like that's I all said, you're going to get. Just yeah, ahead. that's all I'm going to get for the rest of the seconds. night. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, the way I look at it, uh, this is just more Minnesota nonsense. And uh, it is what it is. Um, I just hope that uh, our guest still has some of his East Coastness in him so that we can combat some of this, um, as he is a uh, Bay Stater from Massachusetts. So uh, hopefully uh, we will be able to uh, uh, get beyond the borders of that other place uh, when we're not talking about Denver, uh, which is fine. I mean... Uh, not that I have a problem talking about Denver. All right, all. Paul. Obviously uh, not. We talk about them all. How you doing? Oh, I've got uh, I've got the vice chancellor of athletics from the University right. of Denver, Josh Burlow, with us. Josh, you got Scott and Paul. First of all, thanks for taking some time. I know you are an extremely busy man, and we always love to talk hockey with you. But more importantly, Josh, um, you know what? You were a bulldog. I was a bulldog. Let's uh. <laughs> Let's just spread the love a little bit from Minnesota Duluth all the way to Denver. How about that? Sounds good to me. Two great programs. Josh, I got to ask you first and foremost, I'm in Tempe, Arizona. I've been here for a couple of weeks and won't be back in the Denver area until next week. But do we have white stuff on the ground up there yet? Yeah, we had some flurries Sunday night, but uh, oh. not yet. It's still, still in the 60s and uh, very much enjoying a green backyard. Oh, love it. Love it. Okay, so let's dig into this thing. Saturday night was a big night for the uh, University of Denver because they raised banner number nine, an NCAA championship banner. Um, I know Coach Carl has made no secret that he wants number 10, first and foremost, and I bet you got that feeling the moment you stepped on campus in June. 
for sure I did. I've, uh, I've had the pleasure of knowing Coach Carl, obviously, in a different capacity uh, through through my role at Duluth and being part of the NCHC. Uh, so I always had a lot of respect for how he ran his program. And, of course, as you look at the last 10 years, uh, Denver and Duluth are, have really um, – dominated the college hockey world however uh getting to know david in a, a much um, more intimate fashion and being able to, to partner with him on supporting this incredible program uh, I've, I've been impressed every step of the way and had very high expectations for for him the staff and the student athletes and i wasn't going to leave a great place unless i was going to to some place pretty special and, and i think you've seen that thus far um the banner dedication was just, it's cliche, but incredibly special. The energy of the building, the significance of that achievement, and uh, the determination to get number 10 and the significance that that would hold uh, really, really keeps Denver in a pretty special place in the college hockey world. And uh, we can't wait to uh, to work our, our butts off to make that happen. Josh, Paul's going to jump in just a minute, but I need to tell you two things. First, last night we had Leslie Irvine on from Colorado College, and I told her that we had you scheduled for tonight and she kind of ripped me because she said, why can't we be on together? I like Josh. <laughs> yeah, Wes, Leslie's become a, a, good, a good confidant and colleague and actually buzzed down a monument and met her for breakfast a couple weeks ago. She told me she was on and she told me that she would be a tough act to follow. So she certainly put some pressure on me. Yeah, she certainly did. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, with uh, with what's going on at Denver and, and that overtime win, I, I started this little uh, saying that Paul loves. It's uh, There was divine intervention on oh, that, that win on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, I guess that, that'd be a little more fitting for my Notre Dame day. But, uh, <laughs> I, think it, I think it works well here, too. No, 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 please don't encourage him. <laughs> please. I know, I, I know better. Know better, Paul, but I, you know, sometimes it's just too easy. Well, God, I mean, uh, I gotta listen, to, you know, I gotta listen to this every day. I know, and I'm not a guy that's against puns, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, did, does it feel a little bit weird? Because obviously, you you took the job after they won. But obviously, you're also involved in setting everything up. Did it feel a little out of body ish doing it? You know, I, I yes and no. I, I would say predominantly no. I mean, the, these roles, we we have the opportunity to see how much work goes into it. We see the, 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 the you know, we don't see the glamorous side of what it takes to succeed at this level to win championships. And granted, I've been here just a shade over three months. I've I've been in the trenches with these folks. I've seen the blood and the sweat, and and you become part of the program pretty quickly. Um, so I, I would say, you know, certainly proud of the achievement, um, but also I put a lot of blood and sweat into um, the, the Bulldog program and immensely proud of, of what they accomplished and how I was able to support them and, and help them uh, su- succeed at the incredible level. And I mean, you want to talk about uh, a, just an exceptional staff, an exceptional coach, and Scott Sandel, and one of the best I ever worked with. So, you know, no, I, I mean, I, I think uh, you, you go through the transition and very quickly you become part of this new team, but that doesn't mean that you don't still have uh, affinity and respect and appreciation and those relationships aren't going anywhere adam kraus was the captain when i got to duluth and now he's on that staff and and 
Um, you know, I, I, I like to think that I've been able to uh, support and mentor him along the way and, and proud. So I, I'll root for the Bulldogs a lot. But uh, when it comes to, as Scott and I and, and some others have said, except those few days a year when we go head-to-head with the Pioneers. And uh, couldn't be prouder to be part of this program and what they are. And, uh, again, impressed every step of the way. And, and I, you know, I knew where I was what I was becoming a part of because I had come out to Denver almost every year with the Bulldogs, whether it be an alumni function, visiting with donors or simply to support the program. So I think I had a unique window into what's going on here in Denver and uh, not just hockey, but in so many programs that compete nationally, but it, uh, along with the elite level academic uh, expectations and the quality of the degree. So it, it was um, an interesting transition because I had a high level of familiarity with this institution. But all that being said, you become part of the team pretty quickly. Josh, I want to ask you, um, when we talk with uh, Michael Weissman and and, um, and everybody and Heather Weems down at uh, NCHC, uh, one of the things that jumped out at me, I guess I knew it, but it was just brought up to my attention this, uh, this past summer, was uh, the NCHC was formed uh, with like-minded schools. Um, they wanted to find schools that were, uh, hockey was kind of first and foremost at all of them. And, uh, and I hadn't really thought about that, but that's really true, isn't it? It is. I think you've got eight institutions that prioritize the sport of hockey, have a, have a high level of commitment. And there's, there's some disparity, of course, uh, amongst the eight, but all of them prioritize hockey. Uh, and I think that's uh, a big piece of why the league has been so successful since its inception. Uh, and, and when, you know, when we go to conference meetings, I think they're very effective because of the commitment to hockey, of the prioritization, and and just the level of engagement that the administration, uh, athletically and institutionally, has in the sport of hockey, I always found the NCC meetings uh, to be incredibly productive. Well, the other thing that that I want to say on uh, on the behalf of the NCHC is uh, that the talent level and. Um, the, the academic level at all the universities, I think, are is really incredible. But I, I brought this up, Josh, last year at the Frozen Four, and I don't mean to be derogatory towards two of the teams by any stretch, but um, when I saw the University of Denver and Minnesota State uh, in the Frozen Four, I said, hey, these are two teams that want to win national championships first and foremost, and they'll, they'll develop some players and put them into the NHL, and they'll develop some great uh, community leaders and and things like that. But then I saw Minnesota and Michigan and I said, you know, I'm not so sure if they feel the same way about winning the national championship. Do they want to win it? Of course they do. But is it their top priority or are they more of a factory for developing NHL players? And uh, you've seen it being at Notre Dame and stuff, uh, you've seen different areas of this. Is that, um, is that too bold on my part to assume something like that? Well, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, it's your interpretation, Scott. So I'm going to, of course, respect your interpretation. I think at least at the – and I can only truly speak to the institutions that I've been a part of, uh, which which would be Notre Dame, Duluth, and Denver. And I think all of them are uh, – all three of those, without question, are trying to, uh, of course, win that national championship and, and get to the top of the mountain, but also do it in the fashion where they're, they're building character, they're achieving at a high level academically, they're good social citizens. So I, I can – 
based on my personal experience and, and knowing all three of those head coaches that are there today had the opportunity to see the, the Notre Dame staff who when I got to Notre Dame in 99 the Slager boys were were up to up to, uh, up to maybe my knee or my waist and now I'm watching them all play but um, you know I, I think those are three programs that undoubtedly do it the right way um, and, and I can tell you firsthand from my experience in college hockey over the last 22 some odd seasons um, I'm proud of, of the approach that those three programs have and it's it's no coincidence that those programs have been in, in a lot of frozen fours uh, in the last 20 years well first of all josh uh, you can ignore his opinion like i do on a regular <laughs> basis okay it, well it's now it's, it's it's really not because i do it all the time and usually i usually the snark is left to me so um but uh, as you said you've been at three different programs and they've been and there are three different programs that have been at completely different avenues. You have Duluth, which was which is basically a D two school except for hockey. You've got Notre Dame, which is, you know, is about as big athletically as you can get. And then you have Denver, which is. A, a, a school that uh, is relatively new to the D1 level. They weren't always all D1. Right. Okay. Um, have you seen a lot of differences? Now, I know you've only been in Denver a few months, but are, are, is, is it, or am I exaggerating the differences? Or um, is there, are there real differences? Well, I think if you look at the, the scope of the athletic departments, there, there's certainly some differences. And um, you're talking about a, a, a Division One, Division Two hybrid in Duluth that um, is, is able to have some great success in their respective places in the world. Right. And you're talking about the University of Notre Dame, which is one of the most storied um, football and ath- football programs and athletic departments in the country. And, the, the, and then you've got Denver, which would I, I would say is one of the bigger non-football um, athletic departments out there. I think there's a lot right. of similarities in how they approach hockey and, and the prioritization that they make of hockey and trying to do hockey the right way, the pride that they show in the success of their hockey programs. Um, as you step away from hockey, there's there's certainly some stark differences. I think uh, you know neither Duluth nor Denver has anything uh, resembling an 80-some-odd-thousand-seat football stadium. But yeah. again, when you get back to the hockey piece, um, and how they approach those things, um, I think there are some similarities. And, and again, that gets back to uh, winning, winning the right way, and uh, preparing uh, these young men. In, in the instance of, of Duluth women for for life, so I, I think there there certainly are stark differences. And you know, it was a small and mighty staff at Duluth. It was a, a, a pretty robust staff that we had uh, at, at Notre Dame, and I think we've got a, a staff that's probably a, a little bit closer in size to. To, to Notre Dame that here at Denver, but the way that hockey is prioritized, the pride, uh, those things are similar. And I think that's why it's it's been an honor to be part of those three programs and, and just loving my time here with the Denver program uh, and based on the approach, the, the level of commitment athletically, institutionally, the community support. Scott hit on in the beginning, 6,500 people on a Saturday 
uh, in October in Denver where the weather is just absolutely gorgeous, making the choice to give up one of those uh, late summer type early fall days to get right. inside Magnus Arena and, and just I'd go absolutely crazy uh, for, for that banner raising ceremony and the significance of it. Uh, in the history of the tradition, I think it is something that, that all the schools have, but no one can match what we have here in Denver with hockey tradition. At the end of our hype video, before we raised the banner, we had clips of all nine national championships. And uh, it was interesting when I got here, Scott, I think you were there that day at the men's hockey uh, alumni golf outing. I was, but yep. I, I, got, I got to see the very first um, NCAA championship that Denver won. And I had, you know, I, we've all seen the sort of the plaque style trophies and, um, you've got the ones with the more modern, larger bases. But as you go back to our our oldest trophy from the fifties, you know it's it's sort of this this cup, this vase, and one of the arms is broken off. And, I mean, it's pretty cool. So you think about the history, the tradition, the legacy, the tradition of championships that goes back seventy um, some odd years. That, that's an incredibly special thing, and, and there are some similarities. Um, maybe a, a little bit akin to, to some of the tradition that Notre Dame has in football. I think we here in Denver have it in hockey, and I think the folks in Duluth have some, and they've certainly added an incredible amount to that legacy in the last few years. Josh, I got to ask you because uh, one of the things that always catches my eye at Denver is the alumni support, not just the, the hockey players that come back every summer and, and volunteer time, but they start bringing other people with them and, uh, you know, I saw um, Devon Taves this year hanging out, uh, skating with the guys, and I'm going like, goodness gracious, when did you go to VU? <laughs> and he, and uh, it's just one of those things where they feel like family. And Josh, last year I said last in August, when I saw the team for the first time, I said, man, this team is special in August and September because they're so cohesive. But here's the kicker on it. At the end of the year, I, I talked to three or four of them this summer, couple at the golf tournament and I said you know what was the greatest thing that that you guys felt when you uh, won a national championship and to a man Josh they said it was winning it with my teammate it wasn't yeah. going to an avalanche game or being celebrated at the state capitol or anything like that it was winning it with a teammate and they all said it independently and I think that just speaks to the culture and I bet you feel that already oh the culture is incredible here and I, I I had a sense of that again I you know, spent quite a bit of time coming to games here, knew some staff members, knew some coaches, um, and and really it was a big piece uh, of, of why we wanted to make the move and, and to be part of this incredible athletic department university. Um, and the, the culture came out quickly to me. I, one of the first initiatives I had was to sit down with three or four student-athletes with from each team. And, and hockey was probably one of the first three or four uh, teams that I met with. And again, I had high expectations because of what I've seen fairly close. Never been part of it, but been, you know, I'd said I'd been in the, in the seats on the glass at least. And um, so impressed with the quality of the young men in this hockey program. Uh, they would bring up culture to me as a point of pride before I could even ask about it. And and they would expound upon it in a way that, that really inspired me because they were they talked about academics, they talked about um, winning, they talked about being good social citizens and giving back. Um, but they just they did it in such an organic way that I was really impressed. And they are so proud to be a piece of, of this program. Um, and, and they have feel a duty to further the legacy that is here in Denver. Um, and it, 
you know, these things, once you get them going, you, you worry about it slipping. Uh, but the commitment here is so strong. The expectations are so high. And the passion. No, There's no days off with the, the DU hockey program. Uh, and, the, you know, the desire to, to win number 10, I think, started right after. Um, right after. <laughs> well, maybe maybe 72 hours. But in any event, the, the commitment started very quickly. And, and uh, couldn't be more excited to try to help them get there. Josh, as a, a guy who has spent a, a a bunch of years in 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 a sports management position and working at various places, um, you get a place like Magnus Arena, which is which is top notch, and the program is at the highest level. Um, what are some of the things that we might not think of? as layman that you get involved in in your job to 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 push it to the next level besides the obvious fundraising and dealing with these communities and things like that is is there something am i trying to reinvent the wheel with my question or are there things that 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 you can do to because you know You've already at the top of the mountain. How do you push it higher? Yeah, I, I think it's the challenge of staying at the top, right? So everybody else out there wants your spot in the world, in the college hockey world. And how do you maintain the position that you have? How do you fight complacency? How do you stay innovative? How do you monitor the landscape around you? How do you continue to base, embrace best practices? How do you try to figure out what some of the effective things that other people are doing and make sure that you're doing them? Because it's it's a competitive space. There's a lot of programs that are, are making incredible efforts to to do what has been done here in Denver, and we've got to continue to uh, stay energized and, and not accept uh, anything less than our standards. And we all know you're not going to win the championship every year, but that needs to be continue to be your goal, and not just your goal because you say it's your goal, a goal because you truly believe it's attainable, a goal because you've, you've seen proof that, that it can continue to be done. So uh, I would say first and foremost, it starts with the coaches continuing to, to be who they are, but also uh, monitoring the landscape and being willing to adapt and evolve uh, as the game and, and, and as the hockey world changes. So I don't know that I've got anything tangible other than, you know, we talk about it every day. I sit down with Coach Carl once a week. Um, I just formed a fan advisory board about a month ago, and we're going to use, use these folks to engage with us and, and give us feedback on things that we do to keep them involved and make sure that we're delivering an exceptional fan experience. Um, so I, I think there's a totality of just fighting to stay the best. And I think sometimes it's harder to stay than it is to get there. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good statement right there. Uh, I agree with you 100%, Josh, on that. Um, one thing that, that I want to find out from your perspective is uh, we never expected the Pioneers to go 36-0, and or at least I didn't. Uh, maybe Paul did. Yes, you did. I, no, I no, 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 no. Yes, uh, you did. <laughs> but anyway, when you go out east, uh, in that in that series at UMass, and you you play pretty well. You outshoot. You have chances, but things just don't go your way, and you you come back with two losses, and then you got to regroup. And I think that's where David Carl might be one of the best coaches in NCAA hockey is regrouping after a weekend like that. He did it last year. He's done it in years past. 
Um, what's the what's the key? What's the secret to that? If there is, yeah, I've been impressed with David. Again, had high expectations because I'd seen him up fairly close over the last few years, but I was really impressed with how he handled Friday night at Amherst. Was was just an odd hockey game. Yeah, um, it was it was just a strange hockey game. Uh, you, you get a five minute in the first two minutes, and you see two shorties in the same five minute. I mean, it was just it was a, it was an unusual hockey game, and and and. One of the things that's been a hallmark of, of DU, and I was on the wrong side of it, now I'm on the right side of it, is how unflappable the program is here. Um, they don't get rattled. You've seen it in playoffs. They stay steady. They have the ultimate level of confidence. And I'll tell you, with, with about two minutes left in that Friday game, um, with consistent pressure, six on five, and, and a couple of quality scoring chances, uh, I think that that, that, that that was a game. Um, and, and Saturday was a good game too, but you know, I think David's understanding that this is a marathon, not a sprint and, and that there's plenty of opportunities in the future. And it, you know, it's tough to, to drop two on the road and you get back and it's, it's been travel and you're tired. Um, he knows how to drive the car with two feet. In my opinion, he knows when to push him. He knows when to back off. And uh, I think he's got an incredible demeanor. He's got an exceptional staff and that group pulls together and, um, you know, they were down, of course, right? There's there's no moral victories in, in sports, at least not for the win-loss column. But um, I think he was able to pull enough positives out of it and uh, refocus the guys during practice and had an incredible weekend against it. what what – what I, from watching college hockey since 1996, starting off at Amherst to today, um, it, 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 that was a really, really good Providence team. So, um, uh, I'm really proud of the weekend and, and those those banner raising ceremonies. You know, they're they're <laughs> they're not great for competitive success at times. Um, they're emotional, they're distracting, and, and it's certainly an honor. But uh, at least in my anecdotal experience, the banner raisings don't necessarily positively correlate with a win on that night. So, um, very proud of, of guys and how they responded. My wife's a Providence College grad, so we were very happy <laughs> to sweep sweep the Friars, especially after my under, undergrad alma mater got the better of us in Amherst. But we got we got, uh, we got the Fighting Irish early on, so I think we're. We're still uh, the Denver's still three and two against the Berlo alma mater, so we'll take it. Well, I'm only I'm uh, not worried about. I, I worry more about a few games, a couple of games in December, but that's just me. <laughs> um, um, if Scott hasn't told you, I'm an ASU alum, so um, yeah, you know, those are the you know those to me are hallmark games, as you would imagine. So, um, and. You know, uh, because if you're going to beat the best, you got to beat the best. And Denver is right there. So, Josh, I, I wanted to tell you as well, uh, part of the reason I came out here uh, this week was to see the opening of this new building at Arizona State. And uh, when I started this company seven years ago, it was because Coach Powers said he was going to have an NCAA hockey program. And I didn't figure he would get much coverage being uh, uh, an NCAA hockey team in the desert. And I think I'm kind of right on that. It's kind of fluctuates up and down, but um, he's done a heck of a job of building the program. And I know his trips to, he told me today that it was important for him to play Duluth because he hadn't played them um, and and go up there and and see the experience uh, that is UMD hockey. And now he's played Denver a few times and I know the respect he has there this weekend. They play a one game series, the college uh, us hockey hall of fame game in uh, Vegas, which I'm going to. Um, but 
when you look at programs, Josh, from a distance, is that something you look at too and go like, hey, I, I can see the rise of college hockey? No question. I think getting back to your your um, earlier line a line of questioning about you know how do you how do you stay an elite level program? A big piece of that is monitoring the landscape and seeing what's out there and uh, moder- you know monitoring what people are doing on the facility front and the this the strength and conditioning front, sports medicine, all those all those things. Kind of what I mean when I say best practices. So of course, we're paying close attention to that. I've been impressed with what's been accomplished in Tempe. I'm excited about what it does for college hockey. Uh, the growth of the sport, the strength of the sport, those are those are important and critical things. Um, I was in, in Allentown when they made the NCAA tournament, and, um, you know, that was a big accomplishment in a fairly short period of time. So um, I've, I've also, from a distance, but, you know, paying close attention, uh, also, you know, been impressed with what they've accomplished. I think I signed the contract for them to go up to Duluth, so I, maybe that's my contribution <laughs> to, uh, to, to that piece. But, oh, I love it. For, for what's been done there, and continue to watch them and we want to see newer programs succeed and there's been a bit of a flurry you know it wasn't that long ago uh, the trend was going in the other direction and we were seeing fewer programs and it's been great to see uh, uh, more come online in the last couple of years and i hope that that trend continues okay i i would have gotten to this eventually but since it's part of the conversation okay um obviously the nchc is the furthest west of all the conferences, you've got two schools in the league that are that are the two conference schools, two out of the three conference schools that are the furthest west. Okay. Um, we know between the two Alaska schools and ASU that uh, one of the reasons why they're not in conferences is that there's just not enough teams out here. Now that you're at Denver, do you find yourself, and I'm not expecting you to tell any tales out of school, <laughs> kind of in the middle of that sort of um, conversation where maybe people are picking up the phone and say, hey, uh, what do we do here? How do we, how do we get this started? I, I think conference alignment is something that, that we've always got to be looking at and talking about it's something that's discussed in our annual meetings ultimately it's a presidential decision uh, right. on, on membership but uh, what i would say and this is probably more global than you'd like for an answer is that it, it's it's a piece of monitoring that landscape at all times and, and seeing what's it's got to make sense for the league it's got to make sense for the institution and then we've seen a lot of shifting so I, you know, I think there could be a point in time where a lot of things make sense. Uh, I think the NCHC is an incredible conference. I think it's in a different place than it was a, a few years ago because of the competitive success and the financial success. So um, probably a better question for our, our commissioner Heather Weems, but something that I'm always open to discussing and evaluating. And we we need to be careful that we don't be naive and, and not evaluate things on a regular basis and closely monitor the landscape because um, we're always facing new challenges. The, the world of sports is evolving. And uh, I'm always supportive of stepping back regularly and, and taking a look at things and seeing if something might make sense. Well, yeah, and I'm not, go ahead, I'm not speci- necessarily specifically talking about uh, the NCHC, but just being further west now where we know there's room for growth just like we know there's room to grow south 
Okay. Um, now that you are on the edges geographically, do you find yourself with whatever you could tell us having more of those kinds of conversations with people maybe you didn't expect to have them with? Um, no, I think what I would say is at least my mindset right now is um, more of a, a wait and see given that there's a lot of change and evolution and progress happening on a national landscape um, relative to the NCAA. So uh, we're going to find out a lot about what uh, the NCAA is going to look like in the next couple of months. There'll be some big bo- boats at the convention in January. So you know, right. my attitude is I'd like some of those bigger picture pieces to be um, determined, settled, what have you. And, and then I think we can, with a bit clearer eyes, uh, look at some membership things. But my perspective right now is to um, let a bit of the dust settle around uh, the national landscape division one requirements. Uh, we've seen some major shifts in conference alignment that I think if had been, they'd been suggested a few years ago, they would have been head scratchers. So uh, as we emerge in a world that maybe has a little bit less uh, unpredictability and, and ambiguity to it, we can revisit some of these membership pieces. Josh, final one for me is uh, I'm extremely proud of Denver and I, you know, I've been there for a year now. Um, but I really like the fact that Coach Carl is willing to take on a team like UNLV in an exhibition. He did a game with Lindenwood last year in an exhibition. Mm-hmm. He told me about the trips uh, planned to Alaska next season yeah. and the season beyond. He's invited Arizona State in as an independent. Um, he really is concerned, and um, I don't know if concern is the right word, but he wants to see the growth of college hockey go and he's willing to put his program out there. And I'm sure now um, you felt that as well. No question. I, I think that it's it's important um, to, even with conference shifting, to maintain rivalries. We've prioritized playing Air Force here. Um, you know, and, and, and Coach Sandal and Duluth did a great job of keeping rivalries with um, – Michigan Tech and, and uh, Minnesota State uh, alive, and, and I think David approaches that. And David prioritizes um, playing some of the newer programs, uh, which which I think is critical because you know it's uh, we were all there once, right? We all right. we all went to the driving range for the first time at some point, so uh, we we have to remember that. And and of course, the priority is to build a competitive schedule that maximizes our opportunity to make the NCAA tournament and just to to reach those step goals that we have, winning the regular season, conference tournament, making the Frozen Four, winning the Frozen Four, what have you. But um, there is space within all of that to support uh, the greater good of, of college hockey and help some of these programs. Uh, and, and, you know, we all got that assistance at some point in our journeys. And I very much respect David's approach to it um, and really his, his view of a leadership position within college hockey. All right, so I, I have one last question here, um, and it, it's not specifically a hockey question. Um, well, because this is as 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 I read, uh, this is something I was not aware of, and and I, and I'm curious. Um, you are on uh, the executive committee of the Sports Management Institute, um, which involves uh, some big name schools including one you worked at. Um, where did this idea come from? Uh, how does uh, 
somebody find out about it or how does somebody say, hey, you know, I, I, I want to get into this field. How do I get involved in in, in, in this this program that clearly was uh, created for specific reasons? Yeah, it's an incredible program. I really appreciate that question, the opportunity to talk about it a little bit. Uh, the Sports Management Institute, I was initially exposed to it while I was an undergraduate at the University of Massachusetts uh, by our department head, uh, who actually is is uh, part of the faculty at Arizona State now, uh, Dr. Glenn Long. And okay. uh, he was one of the founding faculty members of uh, the Sports Management Institute, which is a joint venture between half a dozen very sizable athletic departments. But the key to it is it's a joint venture between the business school and the athletic department. It started as a thesis project by Dr. Mike McGee, who was a football coach at South Carolina and working the transition into administration. It has really become, in my opinion, the absolute best programming um, for up-and-coming college athletic administrators. The number of, of sitting ADs that went through that program before they became athletic directors is staggering. Uh, and what you get exposed to is is so impressive. We just had it back in June, the summer session uh, at, at uh, the University of Notre Dame. We'll head down to Georgia for a couple of days to Athens for um, the, the, the remainder of the class. But I would encourage anybody who's in the field and, and wants to build their network and build their toolbox to be an administrator uh, to, to take a look at sportsmanagementinstitute.com is the website. Um, I was fortunate enough to get involved as a student and then while at Notre Dame, um, support the program when we hosted it. And at some point they let me go through it, which was very kind. And uh, when, when I left Notre Dame and uh, moved up to Duluth as a sitting AD, they asked me to stay on to the, the executive committee and very proud of, of what that program does and, and helping continue to further talented folks to, to be uh, – leaders of athletic departments and uh, appreciate you you're bringing that up. It's just an exceptional program. Do you have to be a student at one of those schools in order to be in the program? You, know, you, you just, you just need to be in the field. So, you know, okay. say it's, it's a lot of assistant associate athletic directors probably need to be a couple years out of, uh, of work experience out of college. Um, and, and it, any, any level we've had participants from, um, power five through division three, uh, all different roles and functional responsibilities. And uh, if, if you can convince your employer to send you, we, we, you know, it's, it's basically a volunteer run organization. It's 20 to 25 up and coming college athletic administrators for a week in June, three days uh, in January and, and expose you to just exceptional faculty members and great athletic administrators. And then one of the cool things is you're tasked with doing a project between June and January that essentially pays your institution back for having attended. Uh, and I, I, I'm lucky because I get to go every year if it fits in the schedule and get exposed to um, not just the great faculty and, and administrators at these participating institutions, but also to see the projects that these uh, up-and-coming college athletic administrators do. So I, I've learned a lot just, just being able to uh, to be on the executive committee and, and see all of it. So it really targets folks who've uh, been in, in athletic administration for a couple of years and, and help them continue to move their careers forward. Josh, uh, was, was Well, what's, what's, hold on. I, I know he's busy, but one, like, just because it, it's connected <laughs> it's all good, here. It's all good. Um, was one of those projects that uh, – building in Athens that's going to sponsor, that's going to house their, their club team. You know, I didn't see that one. I can't say if it was or wasn't the project, but 
Um, I, you know, I, I have no direct knowledge of that. I, I, I don't recall it, but that's not to say that somebody didn't didn't do it. But uh, okay. you know, getting back to the the, the UNLV um, thought, I mean, it's just it's awesome to see the growth of club hockey, and and that's the roots of so many of our programs uh, at this level. Uh, I, I love seeing it, and and just the experience that those club teams are having. Um, by going out and competing with some of our Division One teams, that might be one of the, the silver linings of the pandemic. Since we weren't able to do exhibitions in a traditional fashion, we've now got this opportunity, um, and then hopefully it helps some of these pl- club programs continue to develop and maybe grow into uh, NCAA level uh, teams in, in the future. Here's hoping. Josh, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I know one thing, make sure you keep a spot for me in the golf tournament because that golf tournament was unbelievable. I can't believe it's been 30 or 40 years, like Coach Carl told me, that you did uh, or that DU did a, uh, uh, an actual hockey golf tournament. But, man, everybody there uh, really seemed to enjoy it. I thought you did a great job of uh, kicking it off. And oh, you got a guy like George Kwasdecki there. I mean, <laughs> that's where it all starts, right? It was it was great for me to meet so many of, of the folks that uh, I'd watched play over the years and um, to get to know our alums and to see the connections there there everybody had a lot of fun uh, none of the golf carts ended up in the water so <laughs> we, we declared victory when it was over that's for sure <laughs> all right that's Josh Burlow, the uh, vice chancellor of athletics for the University of Denver Josh thanks so much it wouldn't be administrators week without bringing uh, CC and Denver on board for, to kick it off. So thanks for spending some time with us. I'll see you very soon, my friend. Sounds great. Thank you both. Take care now. Thanks, Josh. That's Josh Burlow. Uh, one of the greatest hires that you can find uh, anywhere, I believe, because he's leaving Duluth and coming to Denver, and it's like taking the rich and making them richer. Uh, I wouldn't know anything about that. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just a peasant. I don't know anything about riches. Do you know how many like championships not... there are between those two schools? Okay, uh, I'll stop. I'll stop. We don't have time to discuss all the championships that are happening, but it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh is going to be there when they get number 10. Uh, I'll guarantee you that in NCAA hockey. And um, uh, the one thing I didn't ask him, and I'm kind of uh, kicking myself now is that I didn't, was uh, they had an injury to uh, a guy that I've gotten to know a little bit already, Casey Dornbach this weekend. And I know Casey spent some time in the hospital. I believe he's out now and even back at practice. But um, I just wanted to make sure that Casey was okay and everything's good. So from all the rumors and all the stories I've heard, um, he, he is doing well, and that's an important thing. And if he's back at practice, that's even better. So, yeah. Casey, just want to let you know we're thinking about you, my friend. Always all right, Paul, um, your thoughts on what you heard from Josh? <sighs> Well, you know, I, I love the fact that we have people that are coming on and whether it's an administrator, I just love the varied backgrounds. Nobody seems to be on the same track. And that makes this much more fun because when I see little nuggets, like that, and I don't have to dig very hard. I dig harder than you, but that's not a, that's a different story for a different show. Um these little nuggets like this are, are the things that catch my eye. I'm like, ooh, as somebody who has a master's in sports management, um, I did not know that something like this existed. You know, maybe I would have done something else. 
you know, as, as opposed to where I ended up. And I, I love that kind of stuff. You know so, what I take away from Josh every time him and I have a uh, a conversation is the fact that he is so level-headed and well-rounded that he can talk about Notre Dame, Duluth, Denver, all in one conversation. And when we're done talking, you forget, is he at Denver now or Duluth or Notre Dame or where is he? Because he's just so good and so articulate. And every time we have a chance to talk, I, I just cherish that opportunity because He's uh he's just one of the nicest guys anywhere, not just college hockey. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I mean, it is one of the things that's good about you know what we're doing here is we get to talk to all these people, and you know, we look at it sometimes and say, oh, the hockey community is is small. It really is. Oh yeah, there's no doubt you know, about it, but. When you say that, Paul, and, just think of our our last two guests. Okay, uh, it, it's small, but one came from England, one came from right. the East Coast, uh, right. and they're working together. And you, they work seamlessly, like with the within the NCHC and the NCAA ice hockey programs. You'd never know it. So yes, it is small, but it's also broad. If that makes sense. Well, yeah, that I mean, that's that's what I'm talking about. I mean, you have a situation where. Um, you know, it's a it, – it only looks big because we're the tiny ones, you know, as individuals. When you look at it in the scope of things, like, you know, we, 63 D1 hockey teams, there's 311 basketball teams. No, 60 sounds like a lot, but it's really not. No, no, it's not. You know, so, I mean, and, you know, not only do these guys and and folks come from different backgrounds, right? You know, here you have two private schools in Denver and CC. Um, Their needs in and and approaches are are the same but completely different because of one being a full D1 school and one isn't and the the fact that they work together just makes it that much more intriguing because they both know they need each other yeah absolutely um what kind of put a bow on things. Uh, I'm taking the back doors on stage just because I was at the press conference today, but I thought one of the things that signified growth and acceptance is, uh, well, a couple of things. Number one is North Dakota asking uh, ASU to play them in a, uh, a hockey hall of fame game. And coach powers alluded to it today. He said, originally this was supposed to be played in Seattle. Yeah. I kind um, of, I, I kind it, of, would have been great, I think, if if they'd have done that. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I'm sitting here and, and and you think about that and like, yeah, okay, you know, that's pretty cool. I but, think I think the concept is cool, but I think it's a bit premature, and that might be why, because uh, there's not even an ACHA D1 program 
in Washington yeah. or Oregon. I so, that, but... well, Oregon now, I guess, with, with the University of Oregon jumping to ACHA D1. But you've got you've got two things going. Yeah, but... well, you got multiple things going on. But in, Seattle, uh, in well, Vegas. Hold on, no, let's. I mean, we hear about the crack, the 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 layperson, so to speak. Here's about the Kraken, because the NHL. But the junior level hockey in in the Seattle area has been big time for a long time. Oh no, no, I, I agree with you, but that's the junior level. That's not NCAA or even uh, ACHA college hockey. But I think my point being is. At Vegas or in Vegas, you've got a big connection to North Dakota, obviously. Right. Um, so that that makes sense for them. Um, number two is you're coming out of a pandemic and you go to Vegas and you're going to have probably, and I got to do some more research on this before the weekend, or maybe you would. Uh, this might be the most uh, people in attendance for an NCAA college hockey game ever indoors. Inside. Inside. Yeah, maybe. Um, it's going to be close because I don't know what they got at like uh, Frozen Fours in the past. Um, well, let's put it this venues, way: but it's probably pretty darn close to the. It'll probably be pretty darn close to the biggest regular season. Oh, I, I think without a doubt, regular season wise, indoors it will be the biggest. Well, but I'm I mean, curious T-Mobile to see if holds close to having the whole thing. I think it holds 18 plus with standing room. Uh, I mean, it's close. It's going to be close because they played games at, at, at Madison Square Garden. They played games at, at uh, up in Boston at whatever gardens they're calling it now. And TD Gardens. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, they, and they played they, at Joe Lewis, and that was yeah, big. And then, you know, so I mean, it's going to be right up there. But anyway, um, it's the, certainly the going to be the, the biggest crowd. It's certainly going to be the biggest crowd ASU has ever played in front of. Oh, without a fact. And that's getting to my point. Greg Power said today that we're, you know, we're not intimidated by anybody else uh, anymore. It's uh, th- there's nowhere that we can go where we're going to feel like we don't belong. And uh, he reached back to Mullet Arena and he said, you know, this facility that we're in now allows us to go on the road and know that that we're not going to be in any better facility that we're already in every day. And that, that he said could be the biggest thing because when you look at um, coming out of Oceanside and again, they're very appreciative having Oceanside because it wouldn't have a program without it. But when you come out of that community rink and all of a sudden you go into a 18,000 seat uh, facility, it, it can be a bit, you know, you can yeah. be a bit taken back for a little bit. Sure. But it's not going to be the case now. And like he said, uh, playing the pressure of playing in front of our fans the last two weekends, uh, really, he thinks, has helped um, galvanize his team. Because he said it, it's a lot of pressure when you've got 5,000 fans screaming for you to do something, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of fun to see uh, how this turns out. Um, I joked with him today. I said... Uh, Let's see. Last time you were there, you went there with a goaltender named Accord wearing number yeah, 35. Yeah, you know, the 35 this, stuff. Stop. Come on. This time you're going there with a the goaltender wearing 35. DJ <sighs> Semptonfelter. You won it last time. You were underdogs. You're coming in at this, underdogs. Um, good omens. And uh, Robert Masters Simone said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. it's a good omen. Plus, yeah. plus, he said this one little tidbit. I trust in TJ. Well, yeah, I'm sure he does. Um, <laughs> he's 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 earned that respect so far, and 
Uh, also in that piece, just so you know, uh, the coach mentioned a bunch of teams that they haven't played yet. I mean, he didn't mention them, but um, five or six. Not, it's, it's a little more, coach. It's Army, Bowling Green, Canisius, Dartmouth, Ferris State. They'll play Lindenwood this year, Maine, Miami, Niagara. They'll play North Dakota this year, St. Lawrence, Stonehill, and Union. Now, obviously, two of those schools, this is their first year at D1. In North Dakota, they'll play this year. So I'm just saying. And, and the next question is, will they have an exhibition against um, or will they play a team from Vegas? Uh, are they a D1 team? Um, they might be. They might be next year. Maybe. Well, you know, <laughs> if, if they are, and, you know, we'll, we'll see because uh, let me know when they have the press conference. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure they'll be able to work something out, but, um, you know, you would, you'll be they, the first to do. know, my friend. Actually, you are no. the first to know. No, I won't be. You're, the, just no. How can di- I, you're just in denial. I'm not in denial. This is not Egypt, but, um, yeah, like I said, let me know when they have the press conference. I'll let you know. We'll, maybe, we'll tell you, we'll tell you with some footage afterwards. Maybe and, they'll let me stream it. All right. Take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, Behind the Mask, College Hockey West Live is brought to you by AT&T Wireless, where unlimited wireless your way lets you choose the right plan for each member of your family. Behind the Mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, two or three Valley locations are behindthemask.com. Peterson Toyota, whether you're looking for your dream car or shopping on a budget, we take the time to find the perfect Toyota to fit your needs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Now at our two locations, the original 5611 South Valley View Boulevard and the new location, 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. The NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference to college hockey. Drury's and Suites, an official Disney World hotel. Book your stay now at DruryHotels.com. Jets Pizza. Go to JetsPizza.com to find your fresh deal at your nearest Jets location today. Top Golf. Play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. Go to your local Top Golf Center or go to TopGolf.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. Liberty University. Hockey, education, and faith with equal passion at Liberty.edu. M Drive. Go to mdriveformen.com to see which M Drive formula is for you. And buy College Hockey Inc. College Hockey West Live presented by Behind the Mask and all of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review ITHSW podcasts all one word behind the mask college hockey west live and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the ice time hockey west.com network very well done as usual my friend i will say a big thank you to uh the vice chancellor of athletics at university of denver josh burlow for joining us tonight and uh, capping off this week of uh, administrators week we'll try to get two more for you next week and uh, a couple announcements. Saturday night, we're going to do a special live podcast at 5.30 Pacific Time, 8.30 Eastern Time. So Paul's awake and ready for it. 
<laughs> yeah, like I watch these games away. <laughs> As uh, we preview the uh, big matchup at T-Mobile between uh, North Dakota and Arizona State, uh, a couple of special guests. Uh, I know one. We're going to try to get the other one. It'll be a little conflicting sides here, one from North Dakota, one from Arizona State, but great conversation. I look forward to it. Uh, Paul will join us uh, from about 10 feet below sea level all around As Long Island, New York. Um, <laughs> so, so we'll have that for you. Sunday we'll be back to recap everything as we always do on College Hockey West Live, our Sunday night recap show. So we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers De Niro and ask you to tune in tomorrow night to uh, the Great West College Hockey Podcast with Stephen Marsh oh. and myself. Hey, by the way, maybe you can get uh, uh, Coach Handy on and talk about that swanky new locker room he's got there. They had a video out today, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and, I, and I love those powder blues there, Coach. If you're listening, I'm just saying, um, good stuff. Just, just to give you the heads up, because I know, you know, you haven't had time to check with us peons about things like this. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Little Roger Klein, the Peacemaker scenario. Good night, Good night. everybody.